They're not the fastest and they're not the biggest, but some of the most interesting cars in the world carry America's presidents to and fro. On this episode of The Scenic Route, Andrew McRae talked to Matt Anderson, one of the world's foremost experts on some of the world's most fascinating cars. We'll take a moment and focus in on one exhibit here that I know it gets a lot of attention, presidential limousines. Matt, why don't you start us at the very beginning? Because I guess the first piece in the collection really isn't even, even a car. Well, it's true. The first one we have in the collection is actually a Brougham carriage that was used by Teddy Roosevelt when he was in the White House. Uh, they really didn't have automobiles in, in the White House until uh, we got into William Howard Taft's administration after Roosevelt. So uh, that's our earliest vehicle and certainly a precursor to the limousine. And, uh, you know, even as, as carriages go, there's nothing particularly elaborate about this car. It's just a sort of off-the-shelf uh, carriage, if you will, that Roosevelt would have been used as part of his presidential duties, just for moving around from place to place to meetings, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, we'll step through them here in a moment, but I'm interested, when did the focus begin from, okay, this is a nice carriage or this is a nice car, to more secure and, and so forth? When, when do we see the transition maybe beginning? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And these cars start to be modified really as early as Franklin Roosevelt's uh, limousine. But uh, it's not until Eisenhower that they start to, to sort of literally cut these cars apart and, and make them larger so that they can, um, you know, handle more people in them. And then the focus towards security really doesn't take off until Kennedy's assassination when they, that leads to a total rethinking of, of the way presidential security is handled. But prior to that, these cars were very much about being seen. So you wanted to provide as much visibility for the president as possible. Yeah, the, uh, the, the car that you have, which would have been a, um, Roosevelt and Truman's car, we see some security there, but World War II brought on a little bit of concern, too. Exactly, and that's, uh, that's the first impetus for uh, updating that car. And In fact, that car w- came to the White House in 1939, and after Pearl Harbor in '41, that's when they put in some armor plates in the doors and uh, put in some interesting compartments in the back seat for hiding rifles or shotguns for uh, Secret Service agents. But that's about it, which is kind of surprising, considering the war stance that the nation was in at that time. Yeah. Talk about the, the bubble top for a moment, because that just the term bubble top, it, it takes on a whole... I mean, everybody thinks of the bubble top because they've, they've heard that name a lot. Yeah, the, the bubble top is a, a name that we used to refer to uh, Eisenhower's car. Uh, it, you know, it's called Eisenhower's car, even though it would have been used by Truman as well as Kennedy. But uh, that car started life as a, a 1950 Lincoln, and it was the first vehicle to be specially modified. It went to a coach builder in Grand Rapids, Michigan, who, who got the car, took it apart, expanded it, added some new features to it. But again, they're not security features, they're visibility features. And the most famous is that bubble top you talk about. Eisenhower himself had that added. It's uh, just a plexiglass top that looks very much like a bubble, which fits on the car and lets the president be seen, but protects him from inclement weather. Certainly not bulletproof. That's an important point to make. It's just to keep the rain off him. That's it. Well, I was going to ask that because everybody thinking of Kennedy thinks, well, he didn't have the bubble top. But with the bubble top, since it wasn't for bulletproof, would it have made a difference? I mean, Yeah, that, that's a great question. And uh, it's true. They did talk about putting the uh, bubble top on Kennedy's car. This is a separate car, but it, it had the same sort of transparent plastic roof. They opted not to do that. It was raining in Dallas that morning and then cleared up in time for him to, to tour the streets of Dallas. And people say, well, you know, if he'd had that, that roof on, would it have made a difference? Well, in terms of stopping a bullet, it, it wouldn't have done anything. You know, it may have deflected the bullet. But it's possible that the assassin might have thought that the panels were bulletproof and would have not shot. So you know, it's one of those questions we can never answer. But, no, it wouldn't have stopped a bullet. Yeah. I can say that. Yeah. 
walk us on up then, because after the bubble top, you've got two more vehicles. I guess we'll we'll hit them as well. Here. Yeah, probably the uh, the most famous vehicle in our collection, and the one that gets the uh, the most attention of the presidential vehicles, is the the Kennedy limousine. There, that is a 1961 Lincoln Continental, and that's a car that was uh, again started life as a stock Lincoln, built in in Wixom here at, at Lincoln's plant, and then was taken to a firm in Cincinnati, and they literally cut the car into, stretched it to make it longer, and then. Um, added some appointments to it. It's um, surprising. A lot of people expect it to be equipped with all kinds of high-tech gear, you know, even by 1960 standards, but it, it's really not. It's got a, a radio telephone in there, which basically is a, a radio handset in the form of a telephone handset, and uh, it's got a PA system, and it actually, when it was built, it had a seat that could elevate the president up to about a foot in height so he could be seen better, but uh, that's about it. Um, it was modified a little when Kennedy was in the White House. They added a new front end to make it look a little more modern, uh, so it's got a 62-style Lincoln grille in the front. And uh, it's after Kennedy is assassinated that this car is, is totally rethought. At that point, they realize that it can't be about visibility anymore. It's got to be about protection. So they take this car out of service after the Secret Service and the FBI have looked it over for clues and so forth in the assassination. goes back to that firm in Cincinnati, Hess and Eisenhart, and they, they tear the thing apart and really start from the ground up. They put in all, all new plating, armor plating in the car for the first time. They put a permanent roof on it, and then they put a, a giant piece of uh, bulletproof glass around the back and then bulletproof windows in the side. So it really becomes an armored vehicle at that point. So this car that we see was the car in Dallas, but it, the, what we see here is the one that's been completely, that old car was redesigned completely. That's correct. And, and a lot of people are surprised and, you know, to be honest, shocked to think that this car got used again after the Kennedy assassination. And certainly people realized it was historically significant in November and December of 63. It was merely a matter of practicality. The president needs a car and he needs a secure car. So it was going to be faster just to rebuild this car than to start from scratch with a new one. All right. Now, I haven't had time to read the sign here, but I'm betting this is Reagan's car. Is that right? Absolutely right. Yes, we, we call it the Reagan car, though it was used also by other presidents, including uh -huh. Nixon, Carter, Ford, and uh, the first President Bush. But uh, it's most associated with Reagan. He would have used it for the longest. And also, this is the car uh, into which he was going when he was shot in March of 1981. And uh, the car played something of a role in that assassination. It has suicide doors on it, so uh, the shooter was standing behind the car, but because of the way the door opens, it, it was allowed to provide some perfection, protection rather for the president, and indeed, uh, you know, at least one of the shots maybe two bounced off of that door, but the one that hit Reagan actually hit the rear quarter panel on the car and ricocheted through the small gap between the door and the, uh, the body of the car proper, and uh, that was just enough space for that, that bullet to enter the president's uh, chest, and you know, we found out in, in subsequent years that that wound was really more serious than anyone knew at the time and the president did come close to dying and if it hadn't been for the secret service agent who decided let's take him right to the hospital not back to the white house there, there's a good chance reagan would have died yeah yeah that is the last car in the series but are there i'm sure you've got plans to get, to get more as they come well, we, we'd love to get more <laughs> unfortunately that they're not available anymore uh you know, we, we have these cars because they were built by Lincoln, and Lincoln actually leased them to the White House, you know, for, for a dollar a year, some, some nominal fee, because it was great publicity for them. But, uh, you know, after Reagan is, is shot there, they, they begin to realize that these cars are a real security asset. So uh, 
now the government buys them outright, and they keep them after they're retired. And uh, from what I understand, they actually use them as testing for the next generation of cars. So they literally throw grenades at these things, shoot them, whatever, destroy them to see uh, how much it will take and what kind of improvements they can put into the next car. So it may be a few years before you get one that's been hurled, hurled some grenades at it. <laughs> that's right. There, there may be a shell or a hunk out there somewhere, but I, I suspect nothing uh, that's sort of display-worthy, if you will. Yeah, so. yeah. Thanks for listening to this edition of The Scenic Route. Remember, you can catch all of our daily broadcasts, find links to our Facebook and Twitter pages, and much more at AmericanCountryside.com. Thank you.